1: What have you said to me recently?
0: Recently.
1: recently. the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you
0: that I am a boat rocker, rocker. Rock. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish.
1: And with that, good morning America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers here in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative Word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to com, And there are two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you missed that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today. At what time, uh, he'll go live right in that little square right there. Uh, Yep, he fits right in that little square. (laughs) Uh, And then on the right side is uh, the show that we're doing this morning. It's uh, streaming live. All you got to do is hit play, blow it up on your device, and you'll see Rumble in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, Click on that, and you can join us in the chat over there. We've got a lot of platforms we're on. We're on my personal and public Facebook page which you can find by putting in... I guess you can still find it by putting Tim Bratton. You might can't even find it by doing that. I don't know. We're on there. We're on dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. We're on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page. Rumble, of course, is our flagship, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're also streaming live if you're you're on our uh, telegram group, Sons of Liberty. We stream live in there, too, in the morning and the afternoon. And then also, if you have a Roku device... We're on Roku at Cutting Edge TV, so be sure to check that out. And then, right below where we're streaming live, is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please do that and support us again. The censorship is incre- absolutely incredible. I mean, it really is. Um, I'm amazed we're getting anything, uh, but uh, we appreciate your support. And that's another way if you if you want to support us, you can do that. Our store is also available. Um, this week, we're highlighting the Necessity T-shirts. You can get those in black and in blue. And, of course, they have the quote by William Pitt, the younger necessity is the plea of every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. If you say, oh, we need government to do this. Oh, we need government to do that. Oh, we need somebody else to do this for us. Well, we won't do it for ourselves. Then that is the mentality of a slave, not of a free man. And we want to promote freedom and liberty here at the Sons of Liberty, also, uh, and that's that's good. You can uh, get that for fifteen percent off that shirt, fifteen percent off through Saturday night when you go in their store and use promo code Necessity. So you can get fifteen percent off, and that's through Saturday at midnight. If you would like to help us out, there's a donate button at the top of the page. Click on that and make a one time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. And I think there's some discounts and some goodies, stuff like that, that you get when you become a son or daughter of Liberty. Now I got a couple. I got a, actually I got several headlines, and I'll play. Short A short video or two, it's like a minute or so, um, <clears throat> before we bring David on. And by the way, go ahead and buckle up. Go ahead and get your straw, if David's listening, uh, get your straw and uh, and your coffee pot so you're set. Because we're going to go way over today. So if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, this subject may interest you. We're, we're going to be talking about prepping and specifically things like medical, dental, and uh, health care kind of priorities that you need to be thinking about. When no doctors are available, you're going to have to do it yourself. Um, So we're going to be talking about that. And that's going to probably carry us a couple, at least two hours. I'm thinking we're going to have to cut it off at two hours, but uh, just to, just to prepare you guys of what's coming. Okay. Sons of Liberty media.com. The poisoning of America's food supply, 45 out of 86 products contained alarming levels of glyphosate. I'm going to do what Bradley did yesterday. Uh, Yeah. Check that out. That's Bradley's latest at sons of Liberty media.com. Also, Doctor drops the patents and the receipts to prove snake venom is the COVID injections and remdesivir ingredients. This one's interesting, though. This is not Dr. Artis. This is Dr. Love. And uh, she brings out all of the information he's talked about. And you know what? I want to call on somebody in Congress who actually has some courage and integrity. If there are any people up there who do have that, we need, we need vials of the shot and vials of this remdesivir to test the theory. If there's nothing to hide, there should be no problem. And the American people, you know, we're supposed to live in a free society. That's what we're supposed to be. Why can't this be out in the open? Oh, well, they would know what ingredients you have. Yeah, that's a likely story. You know, you've got all kinds of competitors out there who are making all kinds of stuff. They know what each other's doing. There's, there's There's no hiding that. This stuff needs to be out. The theory needs to be tested. And we need to see if there's snake venom in there. We really do. I know it sounds preposterous, but again, think of what the same guy, Anthony Fauci, heading this up for decades, has used to kill Americans. AZT is the top one that I can think of with AIDS. And don't think for a minute he won't do it with this, and don't think that he hasn't done this. But uh, but it would just confirm uh, the theory that's there. And uh, by the way, we're going to have something a little later. If you haven't seen it, and I'm pretty sure, uh, to Georgia for sending it to me, uh, Dr. Artis came back on and answered questions that were asked you know why isn't this affecting children in the same way you know why isn't such and such happening and stuff and he was able to answer all of those in his theory so you know we want to we want to put forward that uh, that give you all the information you need and to share it with your friends as well because many of them are still contemplating these these shots Uh, They still think the convids is what they're telling them to do. They're wearing the mask, which is bad for them, and all this other stuff. So this is why this information is so important. com. The Freedom Convoy truckers were right. A judge has ruled in their favor that their protest was entirely legal. Ooh, Ottawa, look out, baby. You're getting ready to get your pants suit off. You really are. And, you know, they should be removing uh, Justin Trudeau along with any of his supporters in the parliament and then prosecute them. You don't just you don't just let them go, not have a job. You go prosecute them. They're responsible for people. I believe people getting sick and for people dying. That's a death penalty, man. I mean, no no bones about it. Also, sonslibertymedia.com, Months before COVID was known to exist, our own Department of Defense awarded the contract for COVID nineteen research in where Ukraine. Isn't that nice? And then one from my state, the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. Henry McMaster caves, he reneges on his campaign promise, and he sells out and signs the Convention of States Resolution. Yeah. Henry, you gots to go, man. You you did the non-essential business thing. Now you're doing this? Yeah, you got to go. You got to go. False flag. Does this video indicate New York subway shooting was not what it was reported to be? This is one of them I'm just going to hit real quick. Um... And I'm going to turn down the sound here. But you guys listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, this is a person who was in the car ahead of the one that they said, you know, the shooting took place and all. Just watch some of this stuff. And you're going to notice there's two guys that come out. One's kind of got his arm around another guy like he's trying to stand up. And then you see all this stuff. Nobody's really getting out of there like a big shooting took place, are they? See these guys right here? Okay. So these guys are here. And then here's this person in a red hoodie. Now watch. You would think they'd be getting help, right? She says, no, no, no. You need to stand there. Let me get a good shot here. Let me get a good photo op, right? (laughs) This is what's going on. And you see the little splotches of blood, right? And then the guy's pants when you see those. And then this lady looks like she's putting blood here on the floor. Now she's moving into the picture. And, you know, I'm not saying somebody didn't get shot. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of this, in my mind looks very staged. It, it doesn't look like, you know, somebody was shooting and just shot people, and then they people kind of push out, but they're not running like they're frightened that something went on. It, something just doesn't—it looks out of place, okay? That, that's all I want to say. SonsLibertyMedia.com, man arrested at rally at the moment. He reads about Mark of the Beast from the Book of Revelation. Now, you guys know what I think about this, but we've had Fanos on before a couple of times from Australia— Check this out. And said to me, this was May the 10th to to this. of 2020.
0: There's going to come a day where they're going to tell you to put a microchip in you. You yep. guys, I want you to make me a promise. You do not, you will not accept that bit of technology. And I said, Dave, what are you talking about? And you
1: can see the cops in the back. They're sitting there. What are you there? talking no about? Problem. He goes,
0: listen to my words. I made my dad a promise when I was 10 years old. And he causeth
1: all, both small and great, rich and poor. And you see, they get the move. Free. And here they and come bent To receive a mark in their
0: right hand or in.
1: All right, and so this is this is where this is where we're at. I mean, he he's just simply out there reading scripture, and they come and they arrest him real quickly. Uh, Christian YouTuber gets 10 years for criticizing Islam. CNN causes surge in sales after bashing libertarian children's books. <laughs> I mean, uh, You can't get any better marketing than that, can you? Uh, when uh, CNN makes everybody aware, hey, you've got some. Of course, I don't know what what good that does. Uh, in my mind, because if you've got people on CNN watching, are they the people who are going to be interested in this book? I don't know. Uh, Idaho cop is sentenced to firearms training after entering a family's backyard and executing an innocent father. The Justice is stood up on its head here. And one thing we say at the Sons of Liberty is the one thing missing in the United States is justice. We don't have justice. We just can't get it. Even when they say, "Well, we we caught this guy; he was doing this, that, and the other." We're going to give him life in prison. That's not justice to him, nor is it justice to us, because we got to pay to keep him up. None of that is justice. And uh, I say the only way that you can find that is you can find just laws from God's Word. He's the lawgiver, and you find just punishments for breaking those laws in His Word, and uh, and that's where we need to return to now. Today is the third installment, and I'm just going to let you know what we're doing. Monday, we're going to have Russell Hunter on, Lord willing, uh, out of Oklahoma. You're hearing all these victory things. I got in touch with him yesterday. He was my go-to guy for getting Dan Fisher on, uh, who you know was running for governor a couple of years back. And Russell's going to join us Monday to show that it's all illusory. It's all a marketing ploy by the quote-unquote pro-life crowd. Uh, to, but he says it's not an. It's really not an anti-abortion. It's not an abolitionist uh, uh, bill at all uh, that was put into law. And so he's going to be joining us Monday. Then we're going to have Johnny Cirucci back on Tuesday. We may have him on Thursday. I don't know. And I think somebody else is set for that. And then the next week, our plan is to bring David back on uh, for another series. And it'll probably be several days, too. It may end up being the whole week. On this, on these issues of prepping, because he's got a ton of of information to give us, and uh, today is going to be a really big one. And again, it's on medical, dental, uh, and healthcare and things of that nature. So, I want to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, David Pruitt. Good morning, man.
0: Good morning, brother. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good, and I'm excited about today. I know you are. Uh, This one, this one, and probably the one that we're going to do tomorrow are going to be some of the bigger ones uh, that, that we're going to handle. But today this medical thing, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm prepped because I bought this big old first aid kit. And so, you know, it's like what you said with the gun. I got a real expensive AR. I don't know how to really use. I know you pull the pick, pull the trigger and it's pew, pew, America, uh, and, and I'm done. But uh, the other part is besides having a medical kit is knowing what to do besides stick a Band-Aid on somebody. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you and you go for it. And, uh, and let's. by the way, before I do that, I want to give a shout out to our audience. David called me yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday? No, it was Tuesday. And he said, tell me, he said, all of the callers from your show have just been so kind and so polite and just a joy to work with. He said, that's very rare because <laughs> I guess he gets some other people. But I wanted to commend those who've been listening to the show and who've called David. And uh, some of you have purchased his products and things of that nature. Uh, that's, that's the way we're to conduct ourselves, right? We're to bear witness of the Christ, even in how we deal with one another. So I just want to give that shout out. David, I'm going to turn it over to you, man.
0: Thank you, brother. Okay, so let's jump right into it. What I want you to think about is that just like you change the oil in your car, you might want to do some preventative maintenance on yourself. And before we jump into that, I'm not a doctor. I can't recommend, diagnose, treat, prevent, cure any disease. Um, I don't even play one on television. Um, Now, everything I'm sharing with you are just my opinions. And opinions are kind of like Other things, everyone's got one. Some of them. So if you don't agree with me, that's fine. We don't have to agree. I don't really care. I got nothing to prove to you. And uh, maybe we can have a free dialogue where ideas can, you know, the best idea wins. That's how it should be, even though it isn't that way. Okay. So we can all teach one another something. I hope that I can be a blessing to a number of you and get some Ideas in line, or at least get you thinking on the systems track, because you need to think of how all this stuff works together. Okay. Like we've, we talked about systems, it's not just the gauze. It's like, what's your resupply plan when you run out of gauze? Because it takes a ton of gauze to deal with one wound, because you've got it may, might take a month or two to heal up. And the thing is, in bad times, you know, people behaving badly. Things happen with gunshot wounds, like material is brought through and secondary infection is really not good, okay? Especially like when you you aren't going to be washing your clothes every single day, you know, you'll probably be washing your undergarments. It'll be back like in the 1800s, like that. Um, And those who have power and stuff, yeah, you might have power, but you also need to conserve power because you're going to have security things like, you know, running lights, running things like that to create a perimeter. And, uh, you need to think about that resupply plan and you need to also think about like, Hey, you know, where's my dedicated medical space and what kind of, uh, what kind of plan do I have for extended medical care? Because, you know, do you really want someone crashing on the couch for the next month or so when they're healing up from something major okay so that's probably one of those things that you're going to have to decide excuse me um, where uh, where the best place for you to do that is in the movies you know a lot of these post-apocalyptic movies are in the old west you'd watch them they'd clear off the um, family dinner table and put someone on there well A, that's very uncomfortable for someone you're dealing with. B, you know, it's not really a dedicated space. You know, you don't want to take away from one of your used areas that's regularly used. Um, So you need to think about these things. And you also need to think about what are you, because right now, there's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Think about the amount of car accidents that you see. And how many people die in car accidents every year? You know, what kind of that's, that's a higher risk. That's more likely than anything else we're talking about. Right. And uh, what plan do you have in order and what gear and equipment have you staged to be able to affect that plan? So I would say things like tourniquets are something that people don't think about. Um, They, I mean, you're, you're going to, if you bleed out past a certain point, there's going to be irreparable harm. And once you get to a certain point, you're going to be completely unable to administer any kind of self-aid. Um, and that's something that I think is really important is that we also have to be thinking of others when we think about this kind of stuff. And when we think about others, we need to think about how can we actually, um, how can we materialize an outcome that we want in this situation? Okay. Okay. So when we want to materialize an outcome that we want, we need to prepare ahead. So that's why I want you to have three different concepts for systems. The first line gear right here is going to be what's on your individual. Okay. I I like those uh, ankle medical kits. Um, Some people carry like a fanny pack, you know, because it doesn't take up a ton of room. Um, some guys will just shove stuff in a cargo pants pocket. You, you can do it however you want. Um, but you really, if you're gonna, a lot of, I know a lot of people on the show carry, um, because they're in a, in a free, in a free state. Um, so I know that a lot of people do carry. The thing is, is that if you're carrying, I think that you have an obligation to also carry away to patch holes because bullets fly both ways. And, uh, if it's a bad enough day that you need to use your gun, it's probably a bad enough day that you're going to patch a hole. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily um, think about. And you're not only do you need to have the ability to patch a hole, but you need to have a tourniquet or some way to stop bleeding uh, from a, from an extremity. Um, so that's something that you really need to think about. And then the other thing, thing i want you to think about is like this is the the kit that everyone has but they none of them get training on it and none of them like ever try to well i mean there are a few people and those people are not people i'm talking to they already have the training they already think like this okay but uh, second line gear is going to be that's going to be your medical kit um that's going to go on your load bearing equipment your lb and uh or it'll go on a backpack. Um, sometimes guys will put it on a backpack. Um, it, it's going to be for serious wounds and that kind of thing. Um, think of like an individual first aid kit. Um, you're going to want that. And that's uh, that second line gear. I also encompass like large or uh, large roll packs and that kind of thing. And those can be attached to a backpack, something like that. That's something that, you know, you have, you disperse that around a group. If you've got a group of people, um, you can have something like that. Um, then you're going to have your third line gear. That's the things for extended care. So that's going to be um, like large totes um, full of God, uh, you know, uh, collodial silver for flushing the wound, that kind of stuff. Um, maybe dried herbs um, for poultices, things like that. Um, Sabs, that kind of thing.
1: Are you following me, Tim? I'm following you. I'm putting things out for people as you're making mention of, of certain things, uh, dropping them some things in there so that they can go check those out if they want to put them on their list or whatever to get the idea of yeah. what you're talking um, about.
0: One, one thing about tourniquets is there's only two types of tourniquets I've, uh, I've had good luck with. Um, and that is uh, the uh, uh, bicycle inner tube. Can be used, you know. You take a big bicycle inner tube, you cut the um, tire stem out of it, and then you can take that and you can wrap that extremely tight, and then tie it off. You leave a little bit of overhang so you can tie it off. Um, that's that's a very inferior way to make a tourniquet. Um, the best way is buying a cat. Um, you know, buy an American-made tourniquet from a reputable source. The Chinese ones are just they, they're. Uh, they're a, they're a toy for airsoft. They're not made to actually stop bleeding. Um, they're just made to like for role players and that kind of thing. They they will not save your life. Yeah, and why would
1: you want to buy that kind of a product from your said enemies?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and I would I would say that um, there's a couple of different brands. There's a I've got one in there. I'll I'll see if I I'll I think it's in one of my kits. I've got one that's got like a ratchet on it. You can apply pressure. Um, that's a pretty cool one. I think that's American-made, um, and it seems to work very, very well. But, you know, just a cat tourniquet, um, get an American-made one, learn how to use it. Um, just take a stop the bleed class. That's really good because if you can stabilize someone, and then you've got someone in your group or your community, because um, you you can't. You know, not everyone is going to have an extensive third line gear. You know, that might be a backpack. That might be all that they need for their their family. Um, so, it, there are going to be people who specialize and have more, and you're going to have someone who specializes in the community. Um, that's kind of like uh, you know that community mindset. You look at um, you look at pre electricity days. You know, 1800s. Um, and you, you start thinking about this, that during those days, they had a doctor, a community, someone in the community who took care of people. They had a blacksmith. They had a number of these different um, people who had specialties. Um, and I think that you're going to see a lot more of that, um, especially with the economy, um, how it is and inflation being what it is. I think that you're going to see a lot more people specializing, a lot more people wanting to spend their money. Um, on Americans um trying to you know help because you know that Chinese stuff it just doesn't last well it doesn't uh I mean they're even the Chinese printed books they just don't last they they fall apart at the in the bindings, so anyhow, you want a really good tourniquet and um if you can take the weight, I always tell you if you if you're carrying one tourniquet, carry two, because if you need one, you're probably going to need two. Um, because think about it. If you've got two different limbs that are bleeding at the same time, do you want someone to have to pick which one's worse to stop the bleeding at, or do you want them to just stop the bleeding at both? So that's something to think about. Um, you can't ever have enough tourniquets. Um, you should probably have two for each family member. Um, it's, it's, probably a good idea because that's one of those things that you you almost can't make it yourself for what they charge for those things um so that's that's definitely something to think about another thing to think about is what is your plan to stop bleeding like what's uh what's a coagulant that you're you're thinking about using whether it be herbal or like quick clot if you want some chemical um you, you you need to start thinking about not only what is my, what am I going to use, but what is my resupply plan? You know, because you can store up all the bandages on earth. If you get a few serious, um, a few like really serious problems, you're probably going to need more bandages at some point. Because when you're dealing with dressings and things like that, and you're changing them often. um, Whether, you know, you're dealing with some kind of infection, whatever the case may be. If you're changing those things often, you're going to go through bandages really, really quick. And I doubt most people have enough of that stuff on hand to actually do much. So you've got to think about like, Hey, if I'm, um, you know, when it comes to, do you have dedicated towels and or rags that can be that you keep sanitized that are then like vacuum packed or something like that, you know, like use a vacuum sealer and seal them. And then you can pre, uh, you can pre-stage the tabs so you take and you make a little V in there so you can just rip it open to get in there. You know, do you have medical gloves on hand? Do you have, you know, a good place with good lighting to actually possibly, you know, deal with something. These are all questions that we have to ask ourselves. And then you also need to remember that bullseye chart that I, that I've showed that I, that we showed on the first day, the mindset. you're going to want to actually think about this: is that your medical needs and everything. Just like all other things, you have to start at your baseline. So your first line gear. If you don't have that, that's where you need to start. Okay, you're not going to go buy third line medical gear if your first line medical gear isn't taken care of. Okay, um, that's something that I really think that you might want to look into. And not only do you want to look into that, but I think that you need to. Um, think about what are you going to, do you have like dedicated pots and pans for sterilizing things like large stainless steel stock pans or something like that for sterilizing, um, you know, your, your linens or whatever you're using for, uh, bandages. Um, you know, I think that we need to start thinking what, um, and how much is realistic, you know, do you really need fifty? Uh, 50 Tupperware containers full of linens ready to use just for wounds and dressings. Um, I think that's more than what you would need. Um, It also depends on what are your capabilities, because, you know, if you've got first line medical gear, but you've got everything else on earth, you probably need to start focusing on getting your second and third line medical gear because, you know, you're you're most likely to have, um, you know, famine is a big thing. So you, re- you really want to be able to produce your own food. And the thing is, is if you and all of your neighbors start producing your own food, you can actually, um, you can start bartering and trading back and forth and, um, creating a stronger community tie. And we'll, we'll get into that community mindset, and everything in another, um, another video, uh, building community and, and what that means, um, in preparedness. So, that's you know, David, something- yeah, David, as you're talking, I, I'm kind of
1: thinking here a little bit, and when we hear the story of the Good Samaritan, I never really thought about it in the same way, but he was obviously prepared because he's got a guy that's beaten and had left for half dead, and the Bible says he breaks out his wine and his oil and he dresses his wounds. So I'm thinking even in that situation, uh, you know, I've made mention of that for health care and stuff, and I always talk about it's the individual's responsibility to show love. Uh, and we may mention of this the other day uh, it 's the individual 's responsibility to show love, but even there there's a i think a good example. Even in Scripture, when Jesus is talking about this guy was prepared with the medicines, if you will, of the day in order to take care of a guy who would be considered his enemy. And, and you're right, Eric, I didn't mean it that the Chinese people themselves are enemies. I'm, talk- I'm talking about their governments. Usually that's what I'm referencing. The people themselves around the world are just fine with each other. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the narcissist who get in office. Uh, but I thought that was in – it just came to mind that he, here he was. He was obviously prepared because he was going on a long journey, and he's able to help somebody with that.
0: Amen, and I think that, um, and I, and th- this is the next thing I want to get into, is now that we've kind of covered um, fir- the concepts of first and second and third line uh, medical thought, and this is just something that you know I came up with to try to get you ra- wrapping your head around the concept of these systems, so then you can start researching, studying, and growing your guys's knowledge. Um, you know, first line gear that's stuff that you probably need to carry on you. If especially if you're, if you're responsibly armed American, um, then you really need to also think about the medical side of things. You know, it's amazing what you can get done with some, uh, with some basic, some very basic kit, you know, a tourniquet, some, um, feminine pads and some tampons. Um, Believe it or not, tampons work great for puncture wounds, work amazing for that. Um, And pads, you know, they're cheap. You can stockpile a ton of them. Same thing with tampons. You can stockpile a ton of those. You're not going to find something else that you can get for the money that works as well for for bleeding. Well, David, you've Uh, made mention a lot of
1: bullet wounds, and I, I guess we're thinking sort of, you know, apocalyptic kind of thing. What about the average guy? Uh, who might be out you know and because of limitations on gasoline or stuff like this uh, he's got to go out and he's chopping he's chopping up a tree he's chopping up some wood okay and the axe head flies off and hits somebody uh, you know maybe cuts them or, or he misses the swing and cuts his leg or something like this it, is, the t- is the is the is um, the ability to take care of that Sort of medically, it's very similar to the to the the other one. You're going to kind of restrict that. You're going to want to clean it up. You want to cover it up, and things of this nature. And should uh, we we had when Kate was on, she said you shouldn't be using rubbing alcohol uh, on your body because it gets absorbed and it's really really it can be deadly. Uh, So I guess the recommendation would be something use something like a vodka or something like that that has some high proof to it to sort of sanitize a wound or something. Would would they be cared for in a very
0: similar manner? Well, it, um, you know, like I said, not a doctor. I can't recommend treat, prevent, cure any disease, but I will I will tell you what my plan is. My plan is if, um, if I'm unable to bring someone to a hospital because it, either A, there's no way to get there or B, um, any number of reasons. Heck, if the hospitals lose power, do you think they're going to stay open pe- very far after that? Um, you know, I, I don't see that happening, but um, I do know that we have some dedicated medical professionals, but how many of them are actually willing to stick it out without air conditioning and without, um, you know, lighting other than maybe headlamps and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and hospitals are all closed. The windows are always all closed up. I think that's part of the reason people continually get sick in there is because they, they re, they're they recirculating all the air everybody's breathing in the first place.
0: Yeah, So my, my goal is basically is the first, so it's kind of like how we have first line, second line, third line gear is I have kind of that mentality carries over into how I look at situations. So the first thing I need to be able to do is stabilize the individual. So, you know, things like one of those little space blankets, carrying one of those is a really good idea. They actually make space um, sleeping bags. Those are my preferred method. Because I, I've got a reusable one. I just had it out. I was showing it to somebody. But um, they, SOL makes uh, these little emergency bivvies. They stuff up real small. And they have them in bright orange and olive drab. Um, and they're, they're not super heavy duty or anything, but they're reusable. And they're probably one of the better of the reusable uh, space type blankets. It's a pretty tight fit in there. Um, uh, but it will keep you very, very warm, especially if you have some basic training. Um, you know, hyper hypothermia are uh, are real killers, and you probably need to have a, a plan on how to deal with that. Um, so that's what I carry one of those. Um I carry that in my cargo pants pocket if I need something extra, you know, or in a backpack or something, you know, something on hand. Um Then another thing that you've got to think about is like, how are you going to control bleeding? Um, Because now, you know, when you're out and about and you're not at your home or your homestead, then you need to think about how am I going to control bleeding? How am I going to uh, stabilize someone? So that would be the first stage. So first stage, I'm trying to think of like, hey, how am I going to stabilize them, i.e. stop them from bleeding out or going into shock from hypo, hypothermia, um, you know, weather conditions, people not preparing for the weather, that's a common problem too. And then um also like preventative stuff, like I carry one packet of that emergency uh drink mix on on me in my pack. I even my day pack, I carry one of those. So if I start to not feel like I'm gonna be a hundred percent that day or whatever, I'll just take my water bottle, pour that in there, drink that real quick no problem. Um, So we want to think about things in first line, second line, third line. And so that first line is stabilizing um, someone who's been shot, stabbed, uh, you know, it would be similar. So stop the bleed classes will tell you that, you know, you, it doesn't really matter what kind of wound it is You, you treat, you're basically trying to stop the bleeding, stabilize them until they can get to medical care. Okay, that's how all the stop the bleed classes pretty much goes. You're you're just trying to stabilize them so they're in a stable condition to be moved, um, and then once they get to that stable condition, that second that second line or that second phase, as I would call it, um, would be now. Um, how do you keep them stable from where you are to where you need to be? Okay, so that that second line, um, you know, that could be um that could be you know how are you going to move them you know are you making a stretcher are you putting them in the back of a truck what how are you moving them from where the incident happened to where they need to be where they're going to be getting their extended care or um that could be a transitional space that you know fill in blank here we could spend all year going down that rabbit hole now the third phase is going to be, that's going to be extended care. That's going to be dealing with things, um, you know, over the long term. Okay. So that would mean, you know, some, some wounds, some injuries can be, uh, can take six months, a year to heal up. So you might be having to deal with someone who's laid up for quite a long time. Um, Now, I actually think that you're going to see If someone's eating healthier, which, you know, when you're eating out of your own garden, you're probably going to be feeling a lot better. But um, I think when someone's much healthier, they're going to have a much faster uh, recovery rate. Um, I think that we see that a lot with with a number of people. Okay, so. Now, when it comes to me, Tim wanted to know what my like everyday carry is on me for. you know, my medical stuff. So I carry a way to stop the bleeding. So, some kind of a tourniquet. Um, I carry, and you know, what, I've tried different ones. Um, pick your poison on this. I'll just tell you that, you know, uh, don't just go with something small because it's convenient. You really, really, really want to look into um, getting something that's adequate. You, you want a good quality tourniquet, at least one. Uh, Two, two is one one is none um so you want a good tourniquet then the next thing i carry is i carry a couple of tampons at least two because you know two is one one is none um i carry duct tape i carry it uh, just you know flattened out so i can peel that open use that i actually carry gorilla tape that's my favorite um i carry gorilla tape in there i carry a couple of uh I carry an ounce of cayenne pepper um, and I carry in a, in a vial and I carry an ounce of, uh, this is what it looks like. This is the, this is not cayenne. This is the uh, activated charcoal that I carry. So this is the other thing that I carry. Um, And then the other thing that I carry also in right here is uh, I carry some of our Super Cocoa Resin in our roll-on applicator. I just carry that because it's really convenient to always be putting it on stuff, cut scrapes, bug bites, you know, all that kind of thing. And I probably use the Super Cocoa Resin the most, the cayenne, uh, you know, for cuts and, uh, you know, deeper cuts and things that I want to clot up real fast. I'll pour some of that cayenne in there. It does not feel very nice, but it will, uh, it does help with clotting. And then, um, you can also take cayenne internally, um, uh, help with clotting too, if you're, if you're really needing to get that double whammy. What about the activated charcoal that you got? What are you using that on? Um, mainly, uh, if you eat something or drink something that is really bad, you've got, you know, the squirts, um, uh, that's, it's really good for that. Okay. Um, if you got, Stomach diarrhea. Uh, if you've got a bug bite or something like that, and or you need to draw out an infection, um, you know a lot of traditional herbalists will use it to draw out the infection. Then use something else to um, combat the infection. Um, it's got good drawing powers. You'd make a you would take and you'd make a paste out of it if you wanted to use it as a dry agent. Because then you you would put it on in a paste form and then, uh, let it dry. And that drying action helps it suck or helps it, uh, draw, I should say that. So, okay. but, uh, that's, that's my favorite thing to use it for, you know, the super cocoa resin. I use it like a natural form of, uh, uh call it a natural antibiotic. Um, I just, I use it because it's got a ton of beneficial uses, um, you know, when I get joint pain, anything like that, in my hands, that's, that's what I use. I use it all the time. Okay. All right. Very good. And people
1: can get that at, uh, the miraclesab.com If you want to pick that up, use the promo code sons of Liberty, and you'll save some money on that. Uh, and David, you've got a lot of products over there that are tree resin based, uh, are all of those, because I think the first time that you and I talked, you were kind of explaining to me that this was a very, um, a uh, rare niche that people have. I mean, you guys are uh, 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 uh you have resins that are what? thousands of years old, I think you said the other day. And these things are very important, but one of the things that you told me was it was used a lot of these resins were used on the battlefield to care for wounds and stuff, not just, you know, mosquito bites and stuff like this. Uh, it, what's the differences in some of these resins? I don't want to get off way off on the thing, but this since this is medical What are some of the uses that can be, and again, we've already given the thing that we're not a doctor. We don't play one on TV and spend a night in the holiday and express, but what are some of the uses other than the simple things you mentioned, like bug bites and stuff like that for the, for the resins?
0: Okay. So these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration. (laughs) Um, So traditionally um, tree resins, And uh, conifer resins, that's what we're talking about for for this. uh, Our our applications are going to be conifer resins. Uh, Now, so our family's been doing this for five generations, um, been in the tree resins. What we, so our family came up with a way of cataloging ancient pocket resins and also grading them. And being able to grade and catalog them allowed us to be able to find different niche resins and mix those in different proportions to be able to get a what, what we felt was the best quality resins available. Um, and the, the problem is, is a lot of people, we deal in ancient pocket resins. So those come from, um, you know, old trees. So first off, you got to find an old tree. And then second off, it's got to have tree resin and not all of them do. And it's not one of those things like you can use a, um, you, you can't just use a, a stick and point it at a tree and it, it have tree a large amount, a large enough amount to be able to be harvested because a lot of tree resins are harvested. What's called scar resins. They take and they go and scar the tree and then they take that sap resin and they go and put it in a thing and they cook it and, um, or they'll just sell it to you dried, um, when most of the terpenes, the volatile plant oils, have already vented off. Turpentine is a um, volatile volatile plant oil. So I haven't had enough coffee this morning, so I'll recap. You're doing great, man. You're doing great. Okay, all right. I was
1: just kind of curious as to how that works and uh, and what people would use it for.
0: Yeah. So anyhow, they the ancient pocket resins that we we deal in are. In their liquid, unadulterated state, when we when we talk about like the pure gold, that is unfiltered, unrefined. That's just straight up tree resins. Um, It's beautiful. It's got a wonderful smell to it. it. Like when you get when you the prices look high because you don't realize how much you're getting for the money, and a little bit goes a long ways. Tim's used it before. Um, I know you used it for nail fungus, I think it was. Yes. But traditionally, you know, um, tree resins in um, in their use were used as a topical um, antibiotic. The Native Americans used them for anti-parasite um, cleanses. Um, dried tree resins have been used uh, to pack in wounds. Liquid tree resins have been too, like ancient pock resins, like what we're dealing with. Um, Lewis and Clark would have used them for everything from gunshot wounds to dealing with diarrhea. Um, there, there's a huge number of things that you can use them for because of their chemical composition.
1: So it's, you'd say use, use the, some of these can be used internally
0: as well. Um, they can, that hasn't been, um, evaluated by the FDA or anything. But there are a number of people who have been taking um, spruce resin and things like that internally because of the pandemic Um, and because they've known, herbalism has known about tree resins and their effectiveness for a very long time. So, yes, you you can take them internally. Uh, I I would suggest that you consult a um, health practitioner before you you do that yourself. Right.
1: Okay. All right. Great. All right. So we got medical kits. We've got uh, uh, several different kinds. You've got something like a fanny pack or whatever that you're carrying on you pretty much every day. And then you talk about having something at home, something I guess you can, you can toss on a backpack or something you can roll around that's quite a bit larger. Um, and then you also recommended, you know, I guess like a bug out kind of thing. You can throw it just a They make the backpacks now they're kind of expensive, but you're getting a backpack and you're getting all the stuff. And it's the things that I've seen up here are pretty loaded. So that would be more for, you know, on the go, you're going to be moving a lot and everything you want to, you want to have these. So these are different stages that you can have, and you want to set up a designated, you want to be thinking of, you don't have to do it now, but you want to be thinking of a room that you want to put people who are sick or injured or wounded or whatever in your house, you want to have that ready as well. Okay.
0: Yeah. Have a dedicated space. And then the, the next thing that we need to think about is earlier, I was talking about resupply. When we're thinking about resupply, you have to ask yourself like, Hey, you know, tomorrow, if I couldn't go to the pharmacy, what am I going to do? And how can I help my neighbors out? Because I'm sure your neighbors are probably going to need some help too. Okay. And, uh, I have, I have a few books that I think will be of help to numerous people and I will get the first one or I'll get the first four out. Okay. So when I was talking about preventative medicine and everything um, earlier, preventative maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. You know, we need to think about health and nutrition. Um, There's a wonderful book. It's called Empty Harvest by Dr. Bernard Jensen and Mark Anderson. This is a wonderful book. Um, You can see I highlighted a little bit in here. Not everything's highlighted. Eat the meat, spit out the bones, talks about like GMO crops. Um, talks about the Hunza people, the Price Pottinger Foundation, uh, some of their research. Um, talks about like the soil food matrix and how uh, how our food impacts our health and our immunity. Um, really good book. Like I said, eat the meat, spit out the bones. You're going to find something that you don't agree with in pretty much everyone's views. So you might as well just learn what you can. Okay. So that that book is wonderful to get you kind of on that path to uh, uh, to more of a holistic uh, mindset as far as preventive maintenance. Because if you can keep yourself healthy, you're less likely to have issues. That's right. Yep. You know, and that's that's something that you really need to think about is not only how can you help yourself be healthy, but hey, how can I help out my neighbors and my community? You know, how am I how am I going to do that? come you know one day if if there was a worst case scenario like someone's got to help because if no one does anything then everyone just suffers even more yep that's right so that's, yeah all this uh, the,
1: all this is very important and i, I want to stress this too uh because we're coming up on the end of the show on the radio part so you guys remember jump over to sons dot com for the rest of it because we're going to be here uh sometime uh this morning but um But a lot of people might think learning things like this is not spiritual stuff. But it really is. It's the outworking of what we say that we're to do. You know, you've made mention over and over and over again, we got to look out for other people, too. That's called loving your neighbor as yourself. And so if if you're thinking about these things and you're thinking, now we've been trained in everything. If we need food, we go somewhere to get it. If we need health care, we go somewhere else to get it. Now, what we're being forced to think about is when we need food, we need to be able to go in our own garden and get it. When we need health care, we need to be looking to one another or even in our own family. And, you, and you, you know, somebody just can't do the job if they, if they don't have the knowledge and the experience to do that. David, we got about a minute and a half here. Uh, I'll let you throw out what you want to in that time. And if you want to uh, promote the, uh, your website, that'll be great, too.
0: Okay. So um, if you guys want to support our ministry, you can go to the Um You can go there and you can feel free to call us. We'll probably be doing um, here in the second hour, um, which is finishing up on not on the radio, but I think we're going to be streaming that up on Rumble. Yeah, we'll be going a little bit more on the tree resins and everything. But we're also going to be going into some different herbalism books. And some different herbalism resources and stuff for people to use. So okay. we, that's a blessing to as many people as possible. You know, share this, uh, this broadcast with as many people as you can. Try to uh, share and educate as many as you can.
1: Yeah, and I want to encourage people, you know, you can download these, you can share them, you can put them on your websites or whatever you want to do, uh, and go back to them. You know, if you say, hey, there were some things I missed there, and by the way, I just wanted to reiterate, uh, David did say it's a ministry, and it is. It's an actual ministry. Uh, They give away a lot of products to people. They help a lot of people there, and so they're worthy of your support. They're Christians, and... Of course, this is all-American-made here, so uh, you you want to you want to help them out as much as you can. Uh, be sure to catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Sons of Liberty media.com. And we're going to be back tomorrow with David. Uh, new topic, we're going to be talking about the defensive part, uh, so a lot of people are excited about that. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow. Uh, stay with us, and if you're on Red State Talk Radio, jump over to Sons of Liberty media.com. We'll see you there. Adios. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. Thank you guys for staying over. And, David, we got some time ahead of us, so we're going to talk, about, uh, continue down this road a little bit. And uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and pick up with what you want to talk about, the resins, because I'm kind of interested in that whole dental thing, too, as to how oh, yeah. some of that will work. So go ahead and take oh, it away.
0: You're going to love this. So, um, you know, we've already made the, all the disclaimers and everything, but so the, the pure resins... Um, there are certain things that we love the pure resins for, you know, they don't really go bad. We've got, um, we've got some on some of our shelves that, you know, are in bottles that are 40 years old, just sitting up on a shelf. Um, and because of that, we've found that there's been no loss in potency over that time. So, the pure resins are kind of like the way to go if you're looking to store something for, you know, barter use, whatever. Um, now the super cocoa resin, that's probably my favorite. Um, it's kind of, it's grown on me a lot uh, in time. And I think that's, I think that's because it's more, it's one of the most versatile things, you know, by carrying it in the little uh, roller that I showed you guys earlier um, by carrying it on this, you know, it's really, convenient I can just put it on like a mosquito bites things like that um, that's one of my I mean I'm using it for that all summer long um, because in the Ozarks they'll carry you away <laughs> <laughs> but all joking aside that's one of those things that I use it for bug bites you know I'm constantly getting bit by stuff that just happens um, when you're outside. I'm using it for that cut scrapes. Um, you know, you get into a briar patch, you're going to get all tore up. Um, that's something that we use it for. Um, you know, if I was, if I wanted to the, because the pure resin, it, it flows like a liquid. I don't know if you guys can see that. You can see the bubble going up through it. So it's like a, uh, You know, a medium viscosity oil, maybe a little bit on the thick side for some, Um, but it goes on like a oil and then as the terpenes start to vent off, it becomes stickier. So actually there have been people who've used it to actually like for cut scrapes, things like that, use it like a natural super glue. Um, Now you've got to use butterfly bandages or something like that to hold it together while those terpenes vent off and as it becomes more sticky and everything, but it works very well for that. And then you can use something like coconut oil or olive oil or another oil base on the dressing um, mixed with a certain amount of tree resin. You know, Um, it it could be a very small amount a small part of tree resin to that. You can use that so it doesn't stick on to the wound. Um, that's my favorite way of, of doing it. Um, now there are a number of people, um, there is a book. We're going to talk about that in a little bit here, um, that talks about using tree resin, specifically spruce resin, um, for, um, viruses and that kind of thing. I, th- I think that's, uh, we'll, we'll get to that book in a little bit, but we've also had people who've used the tree resins for dental problems, like abscesses. Um, we've had people use it for all kinds of different things, um, both the super Pav, the super cocoa resin and the pure resin. Um, we've had numerous success stories with that. We've had a lot of people with eczema, um, use the super cocoa resin. We've had a lot of people report really good luck with that for us. Um, the super Pav, a lot of people love it for, um, dealing with fungal problems with, uh, nail fungus and that kind of thing. So there's, it's a very versatile thing. The tree resins, that's why I use them so much. Um, You know, that's probably the most used thing that we've got. As alternative to Destin, we use the SuperPav salve. uh, You know, and these these little quarter ounce are like the perfect pocket size. There's enough in there to get a lot done. Um, It's amazing how much that little tiny jar does. It really, really is. So that's on that front. And then with that, I'd like to actually jump into, we're going to come back to the books, I think. We'll do that at the very end. Um, But I wanted to jump into the dental and kind of actually go down that rabbit hole real quick while we've got the time now so we can get to the books at the end. Yep. Sure. So you can go get, for not very much money on Amazon, Um, you can buy, I know they're Pakistani or whatever they are, but you can buy a dental surgery kit. And it'll have different uh, pairs of pliers and things like that. That's probably something that you want to have on hand because it's a lot better to have the proper tools to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, And those can be, you know, you can boil those in boiling hot water to sanitize them because they're stainless steel Um, and then dry them out. You could store them in, um, you know, take a vacuum sealer, vacuum seal them, stage it. Like I was talking about for the cloths, um, you know, for linens or whatever you've got for dressings. So you could do that also. That would be something I would, I would think about in that dental surgery kit. Um, I would also have lots of cotton balls available. Um, that's something that you're, you're going to need. Um, you'll, you'll notice that many people, there's a book, it's called where there is no dentist, um, probably something you might want to look into, um, You can also look into like coconut pulling and that kind of thing um, for getting, um, helping to, there are those who claim that it regrows teeth. Um, I think that it helps, but I, I think that my theory is, is that you have to have the proper minerals and trace elements and everything to be able and enough calcium and everything to be able to regrow the teeth, not just um, oil pulling. So That's on that front. Um, I'm sorry, we're we're going fast because there's a lot to cover here, guys. And you got to remember, this is just a basic dive into this stuff. This is not exhaustive, an exhaustive class. I mean, that would be a whole, we'd have to go down each one of these rabbit holes for that. Yeah, don't don't worry about that,
1: though, because what we're doing is in the article where, or in the archive. What we're doing is, you know, all these books that Dave is talking about. You'll have the video, you'll have the podcast. So if you know you don't want to watch it and you're on a run or whatever you want to do, you can listen to it. Uh, all the links will be here to everything he's talking about. Um, so, you know, if you want to say you're doing your, your goals, like he's pitched out and you say, well, this week I can get this. And maybe in a, you know, a couple of weeks I can get this, you can do that kind of stuff. And it's right there, uh, in one place. So you don't have to worry about writing down a whole bunch of stuff. It'll be done for you. Uh, which, you know, I want to encourage you to write down things, but don't, don't let, don't let yourself become anxious about that. We're going to have it in one place for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I've been, um, compiling a number of resources too, because, um, you know, the resources that I'm compiling are more exhaustive than what we're even talking about on this podcast or on this show, I should say. Um, because there are going to be those who are going to want to dive down the rabbit hole and are going to want to, uh, um, have better systems in place. Um, and I, I think that that's just natural. I think there's a lot of people who want to want to be the best they can. Okay. So the next part of the, the dental thing is you got to think about like, what's your lighting situation look like? Um, you know, this is something that we we talk about in uh, uh, that we'll be talking about in the fuel and power. When we go more down that rabbit hole, um, what's your, what, capabilities are you doing everything with headlamps are you you know are you doing up stitches and by the way um, two to four pound fishing line works really good for stitch material if you you need something like that you can take collodial silver spray it down with that Um, I've done that before it works really really well Um, there's also um, you can also use a number of other things like yarrow yarrow powder you can use um, for, um, as a quick clot, like uh, a natural quick clot kind of agent coagulant. Um, there is a book. So when we're talking about all this and, um, natural medicine and everything, there are probably two books so far that I have, I find myself, um, telling people about these books more than other books, not because there aren't other good books and we're going to get into those books too, but this uh well i should say three there's three in the category of herbal medicine and this one is probably the first one i I recommend to people to see if they're going to take it seriously and it's called the backyard herbal apothecary it's by Devin young it's a wonderful book that talks about how to um how to find identify and harvest Medicinal plants in your own backyard, or you know, maybe a possible nearby park or something like that. And I find myself suggesting this to a number of people. It talks about different, um, you know, tinctures, um, salves, all kinds of amazing things in here. And uh, it talks about some really unusual uses that I found very, very helpful. It's a relatively inexpensive book if you shop around for it. Um, I think. Last time I went somewhere, I went to Hamilton books and it was like six bucks or seven bucks from Hamilton books, um, Hamilton discount books. Um, probably one of those books that for seven bucks or whatever, man, even at full price, it would be worth it. It's, it's a very well put together book. Um, can't say enough about that. Everyone I've recommended that book to, has thanked.
1: um, yeah, the link I else. just dropped in the chat's only like 722 at Amazon. So it's a that's a good deal.
0: Yeah, I mean at that at that deal and I'm talking good good photos like here. Good photos, great descriptions. Yeah, that's nice. So it's it's really well put together. Um, And then, so that's probably the number one that for that much money, man, it's a great reference guide to have around. You really can't go wrong with that particular book. Now, when it comes to the next one that I find myself uh, recommending to people quite often is one that I, I didn't actually think I was going to like this, this much, but, I have found myself liking it quite a bit, and it is The Lost Book, Verbal Remedies, um, by Nicole Appelian and Claude Davis. Um, So it's like a $40 book. It's a little bit overpriced in my estimation, um, but it's still worth it at that price. I think it's overpriced, but it's still worth it at that price. It just, you know, with uh, with the content and it, it makes it a lot easier for people. People want a fast stop. This is a great fast stop. There are other great books that you can add to the library. But these two, um, you know, this one is a very inexpensive book to get you started. And then this has a lot of really good... Uh, medicinal knowledge that just most people aren't aware of a lot of it is uh, traditional. And then the third one that I find myself recommending all the time is also very inexpensive and it's the good living guide to medicinal tea. And, uh, it's this is a wonderful book because it gives you not only does it tell you how to um dose the tea for everything from you know infants on up to adults but it also tells you um what parts of the plants are used and uh proportions to make different medicinal teas for common ailments and things like that it's just a wonderful book full of great info great reference material it's one of those things that I think if you added it to your library, you know, for for under ten or twelve dollars, it's it's just an amazing book at that price. Yep, and I've if dropped we, these links into the
1: chat. If you guys are on my personal Facebook, you'll see them on the public side, but you won't see them on my personal. That if you're if you're interested in these books, those links are in that chat there, and we'll have them in the archive as well. Um, you know, later today.
0: Now, i got got um, one, one of the books that this was, uh, this book was actually uh, basically a gift because they sold it to me for a few dollars, um, the individual did. And I, I love this book. Um, it's called A Mother's Guide to Herbal Extracts. Saving Tristan. Um, It's a little on the pricey side and it doesn't have any color photos or anything like that, but it's got a lot of interesting uh, knowledge. Um, I just, that might be a blessing to some, you can go read the description on it. It's not for everybody, but there's some good stuff in there with the, uh, with that medicinal tea book, they do have children's dosing, that kind of stuff in there. this is another book that should probably be a reference material in the in the pantry or in the um the med, uh the medicinal slash medical library. Um the folk remedy encyclopedia. And uh by the editors of FCNA Medical Publishing. But it's got a number of different uh remedies in there that you might Find of use. Um, Now that one's another one that might not be for everybody. Now this is a wonderful um, herbal guide. Now this is all black and white. Um, It's very well written. And it's called Today's Herbal Health, The Essential Reference Guide. Wonderful, wonderful book. Now I normally, what I'll do, and this is, because I like all of these herbal books, I will cross-reference if I, if I find an issue, I'll cross-reference it in all of the herbal books. And what I'll do is I'll see what resources I have on hand, and I'll try those first before I try anything else. Um, that's just, you know, making the best with your resources. The next one is a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, this was a gift, and you can buy this for dirt cheap, and it's called The Green Pharmacy. James A. Duke. I think this book cost me a grand total of five bucks. And money well spent. Lot, yeah, I it has already it's paid for itself a number of times over um, because I've let people borrow these books over the years and everyone who's borrowed them has asked if they can buy them from me. And I just tell them to go buy them themselves because I've got everything marked up the way I like it. Um, So great reference material. And like for five bucks, it's one of those things, having that reference material available, like this book, this Today's Herbal Health, um, this book I think cost me less than $10 new. I think it was like $9.99 on sale. So that's one of those reference guides that you probably really want. Um And then not only do you need to have a for the medicinal stuff, um, you know, that backyard, that herbal backyard um, apothecary book. That is a good book, but I like having a reference guide that I can keep. This was taken out of my backpack that I go and collect stuff with. And uh, this is a field guide and it has colored photos good descriptions okay and it's uh eastern slash central medicinal plants peterson field guides um it's a uh it's a good It's a really, really good reference um, book. Now, they do make better field guides. I have another one that I use also, but this one has now become um, reference material in the uh, backpack. That's something that you might want to think about is having uh, reference material, because if you're not super familiar with an area, you might need reference material until you build um, your confidence in the local fauna. Okay, this is a wonderful book. American Indian Healing Arts. And uh, now, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Um, Like everything, there are going to be things in there that you probably won't use or, you know, don't agree with or what have you. Um, But there are some wonderful pieces of knowledge and tidbits in there for those of you who are looking for them. Okay. now. I have, I have a few more books that we're going to go over because we've got plenty of time. I want to get these done, and then after that, we're going to talk about some other uh, tips, tricks, and knowledge. Okay. Okay. So this is a book that I'm currently reading. Um, so I'm not very far into it, but will tell you what I've read so far. I am. Uh, I'm like, I've gotten through the introduction, which is about 20 pages, I would guess. And I'm a few more pages in after that. Um, it's called radiant health, the ancient wisdom of Chinese tonic herbs. It's another very inexpensive uh, book from. Um, Hamilton. I think it was like five to seven dollars. Wonderful book. Um, he's breaking down a lot of stuff that is mystified, mystified a lot of Western um, medicinal tea guys. Um, now, this is that one. I so far I can recommend it if for the for the cost. We'll, we'll put it that way. Eat the meat, spit out the bones kind of thing. Now, this book probably won't be the most useful book. Um, in in a situation, but it might be of some use if you've got someone who's on medications. And it's the drug-herb-vitamin-interactions Bible, okay? Um, This is nice because it tells you certain types of vitamins and their interaction with herbs and drugs. Um, And who is that by... Uh, that is by Richard Harkness um, here.
1: I was trying to pull it up, uh, yeah, to get, um, get a and link Stephen to the people. Uh,
0: it's a, you know, this was another gift um, from another friend. So that's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, and then i like to have, when it's a subject that I'm not super familiar with, um, I like to have good reference material. If you have good reference material, um, it makes your job a lot easier because it gives you more options. Now, when it comes to essential oils, I am not, I am not going to claim to be an expert or anything. I love, I love using them. Um, they're a great tool. So one of the books I got is A Beginner's Guide to Essential Oils by Lisa Butterworth. that has been a great reference it's got literally it has each essential oil a page on each essential oil high oil and it'll tell you what it's used for what to blend it with um, and the best ways to to administer it wonderful book it was a relatively inexpensive book. Now this book was a gift. Um, I think it's from aromatools.com. It's called modern essentials introduction to modern essentials, just a little handbook, but we keep that in one of the medical uh, kits with some essential oil blends and stuff. So that's a, uh, that was a gift. And that's one of the things that I tend to reference actually quite often because it's just so convenient. And then this is another one. It's called Nature's Essential Oils, um, Aromatic Alchemy for Wellbeing by Chair Chair Kaufman. Uh, It's been another good reference book with lots of information. Um, And now that's something that I like to have on hand. Um, another thing now, this one's a little out of date, but, um, nurses drug guide, you probably want one of these so you can identify things, um, if you come into contact with them, um, that's probably one of those very, very important things. So now I do have, let me go get the last couple of books and Tim, I'll let you. I'll talk to them for a minute. And okay, sure. Kind of- yeah, I, I, I'm
1: having, uh, i having, I had to close out some of my uh, my tabs because the computer was just ramped up with all the tabs being open. So I had to close some of those out. Um, and I'm trying to keep up with all the, the different books that are being referenced here so we can um, have them linked up so you guys can get them. So I apologize on the last two. Uh, I got kind of behind there. Uh, but you'll see that, you know, there's a lot to do. And, again, you don't have to do it all at once. Maybe pick out some that you think will be interesting to you at first. Start with some of that. And, uh, you know, even the links I'm giving, they there is a thing, you know, you don't have to pay the full price. You can always find people who are selling the, uh, an, a used copy. And if it's in good shape, what difference does it make? You know, as long as it's not falling apart, um, you can use that and put that in your library, save some money in the process. Uh, so be sure when you go there – if you use Amazon, if you don't use somewhere else, which is fine, but if you use Amazon, be aware they'll have some that will say new and used from whatever, and you can click on that, and you can actually find some really good deals. I got I got a book. I forget how much it was. It was like in a $30 range. It was about that thick, and I got it for like, I don't know, $4 or something from somebody down in Atlanta. Um, of course, it was missing like the first – five pages or something, but they were like, you know, they're, they're not any of the content of the book. It's, yeah, anyway, you can do those kinds of things and save a little bit of money in the process too. All right, David's back. Uh,
0: okay, brother. So the other thing that, you now this was a gift from a friend of ours. It's called the Remedy Box. And I thought it was a really good idea because you could do this for yourself. You You wouldn't have to buy something like this. You could just, And the cool thing is, is it uses like three by five cards. So I'll pull one of these out. Stomach disorders. See chapter four in book. Um, And they've got some like, here's one for nausea. See, it's got a tab on it for nausea. And some different herbal remedies for it. Some folk remedies and herbal remedies. So you could actually do this same thing with a index card box you know and index cards we've got another one of those for recipes and things like that um this is something that's nice to have because it's like reference material that you can keep out that you don't have to keep in like an office or a study now all the all the other like you can keep this on a kitchen counter for stuff that's not um not real serious you know just It's a good reference material for like upset stomach, nausea, just everyday stuff, cold, flu, um, you know, nothing major. Um, And then you could have all your good reference materials that you're going to need. You can have those in a separate place like, uh, you know, like a dedicated room or maybe you have a guest bedroom that's converted into a preparedness room or something like that. Um, That's one of the possibilities. The reason I like things like this is having all of your most used, um, you know, remedies, things that you've used before that have worked very effectively, keeping track of those, being able to say like, hey, you know, we we tried out a dandelion tea. It worked very well for XYZ um, and keeping that recipe and where you harvested it, you know, and being able to also harvest all these part of your resupply plan has to be like how am i going to harvest these medicinal uh wild plants and or cultivate these medicinal plants and then how am i also going to save them how am i going to preserve them you know am i going to the burdock do i have a way to preserve it and put it in like a mason jar dry it up same thing with the uh the dandelion root that stuff has to be kept dry for it to last real good you know
1: yeah, and one of the things I think you mentioned was a dehydrator, uh, having that, and I'm I'm sure that's going to come in uh, in to food and stuff as well. Not just using for drying out the dandelion roots and leaves and things of this nature, but also uh, probably when we get to talking about some more about foods and stuff, we'll probably talk about meats and stuff. I'm, I'm, you mentioned uh, smoking and stuff like that with the meats uh, before having like a smokehouse. I mean, people don't even think like that now but you know what at least 100 years ago maybe well probably a little more than 100 years ago let's go back 150 170 years ago people thought about that all the time because that's what they were doing uh they were yeah. they had the smokehouses where they did their tobacco they did their meats they did all these kinds of things to preserve them and uh and most of us have no concept we have a concept of i got a freezer We can take care of stuff like that. But in these other things of being long term, a lot of people are just now coming back around to some of that. And so I think that's important for them to uh, to maybe throw in in with all this stuff as well.
0: Well, that's so I have I have a commercial electric dehydrator. Um, I use that mainly like things like, believe it or not, I like dehydrating a lot of things like onions um, for use in soups during the during the winter months. Because there are certain types of onions that I grow, some of them do not store more than about thirty days um, fresh, so they're not a good storage variety. But they have wonderful flavors, so I dry them, and that is a way to be able to preserve that harvest through the uh, you know winter months. Um, because not everyone can just keep their onions in you know in a huge root cellar. Not everybody has a root cellar. You know that used to be the cold storage of the day was Root Cellars and Fermentation. Fermentation used to be what everybody did, you know, sauerkrauts, that kind of thing. Um, Kimchi. Um, there's actually, this This book is a book we will go over another day, but this is Canning, Freezing, Curing, Smoking, Meat, Fish, and Game. Wonderful book.
1: Okay. By, uh,
0: <laughs> Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, we'll go, that's not, well, hey, we'll, we'll Carol,
1: go. Carol Ann says, wow, this human is super smart. Uh, well, he's just applied himself, Carol Ann. I, you can be that way too, right? I mean, it's just applying yourself uh, and giving your time to those kinds of things.
0: Well, um, it's not just like, honestly, you know what one man can do, another man can do also. Um, so right. I'm just to show you that, like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like there's nothing special about me. Yeah. It's just where um, you've applied yourself. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. it's my, it's my gift. Um, that's, that's how I look at it. So that, that's, uh, something that we, we need to also think about is not only is how, how are you going to like, you know, what's your jar plan? How are you going to label those jars? How are you going to keep the dates, the harvest dates and all that kind of stuff up to date on them? Um, you know, we've got, I, I use labels, um, black labels with a silver Sharpie on them because it's high contrast. Um, and you can put the harvest date, um, the dry date, whatever you want on there. Um, you know, if it's a tincture, and you put when you started the tincture, you, you really want to keep track of all that stuff because that's how you're you're able to, by keeping track of things and having uh, like, you know, we'll, we'll go over on the, when we get to the gardening side of the equation and everything, once we get to that, I think it's really going to help people um, see that, like, there's an overwhelming thing that many of these things carry over. Like, you know, we use a garden planner to keep track of everything. We use a binder to keep track of all of our projects. We use a, you know, we're, we're using all these things to try to keep ourselves organized so we don't have to remember everything. If you have to remember everything, it sucks because you may have a photographic memory, but you're going to run out of film eventually. Um, You know, not everyone can repeat everything they've ever heard at a moment's notice. And uh, so by being able to have the reference material and being able to reference our notes, things like that, we can keep track of things like yields. uh, We can keep track of pests pressure and i'm talking in the gardening sense but in the uh, medicinal plant sense we can also say hey you know i know that i grow enough peppermint every year that i and you know that's kind of like perennial so it's not really good comparison but you you know that you grow enough xyz herb every year so you only need to grow that particular herb maybe once every other Uh year You know, maybe it's a special kind of mint. Maybe it's a special something, you know, that you've, that you only have to grow it every other year. So you can plan things out a lot better that way by planning things out. We can make the most efficient use of our time, space, and resources. And I think that's something very important that a lot of people don't think about. Okay. All right. So that's, uh, I think that's the other thing. And then you also need to think about scaling up, you know, not everybody needs to go get a commercial, uh, dehydrator. You know, they could start with a Walmart special or a, um, used one from a secondhand store. They could start with, uh, using the oven, just turning it down to its minimum setting and then leaving the door cracked open. Um, they could, you know, with certain herbs and stuff like that, you can take and put them in a paper, you know, like a paper sack. and then um, put them in there and then dry them in a car, you know, put bay leaves in there, dry them, man, your car smell great. You, you don't have to buy any <laughs> of that, <laughs> but dry a lot of them that way. Um, you don't want to put, you don't want to put dissimilar herbs in the same bag. You can look into Baker Creek. Um, there was a wonderful, I can't, I'll try to remember to find the video, but it was uh, with one of the YouTubing, YouTube People, and it was the one of the guys from Baker Creek, and they were making herbal um, little wreaths that they were uh, that he was weaving with like lemongrass and stuff in there, and then drying those, and then he would put that whole wreath into the soup or stew at the very end, like 15 minutes before he was ready to serve it. Um, and I thought that was an ingenious way to uh, to store dried herbs. Um, one one of the many ways. Um, so we can do that same thing for medicinal herbs. You know, some people hang them in different places. Um, but in reality, many times you want to cure them where there's no light or, um, and you want it to be a cool, uh, you want it to be a dry place. It doesn't necessarily have to be cool, but it needs to be dry. It can't be too hot because you can actually kill enzymes, things like that that go dormant when you dry that's why low temperature dried herbs are normally the way to go okay all right you do have to worry about um, sometimes bugs in certain types of things like comfrey i've tried drying comfrey and everything before um that didn't work out so great because i had bugs get into it Um, same thing with mullein i've had problems with that so what i like to do is if you're dealing with something like mullein um you really want to take and be able to put it into like a jar or something like that and then throw it in the freezer for at least like 3 days and that that seems to kill any of the possible bugs and things like that in there
1: okay so you're dealing with bugs that are already in your herb that you're you're dealing with
0: yeah yeah okay. so um i've had it happen with that i've had it happen with basil oregano i've had it happen with a lot of the really pungent herbs that many people have not had problems with so Um, that could just be also the fact that we don't use any pesticides or, um, er herbicides. I mean, we'll use organic pesticides when there is an absolute need for them because we've had a pest just completely inundate a new area of the garden or something like that, but it's very rare. And I actually, I'll, I'll share the book that I use for making all my own, uh, organic inputs
1: yeah and we'll we'll probably cover that when we do the gardening segment uh and and lay those kinds of things out too that kind of stuff
0: yeah and and that's something that really goes back to this whole concept of systems and what what we need to think about when it comes to systems everything is connected when you start looking at everything as being connected it makes it a lot easier to not only um, it it, it makes it easier to break things down and see how they're going to interact with one another. You know, if you, if you're carrying a gun, you might need a different belt because the belt that you were wearing before doesn't support the weight of the gun. You know, there's things like that that people don't think about until they, um, until they start looking at things as systems. And I think that we have to have that mindset in the, in the medical side of things, the dental side of things. Now, with the dental side of things um a lot of people have used um baking soda that's a wonderful uh, you know inexpensive product you can use it for uh, brushing your teeth you can add essential oils to it to give it you know a more pleasant some people just hate the taste of baking soda um so that's something to think about the other thing that you um so because you can store a lot of that and that would make you know For not very much money, you can get a bunch of baking soda and there's a ton of uses for that, um, both medicinally and, uh, you know, because think about this. Also, in your medical cabinet, you have to think about hygiene because if you're, you know, you've got to think about like keeping, you know, the house clean, keeping um, everything clean and running, you know, that's part of uh, medical has to be that sanitary aspect and also dealing with like, uh, you know, trash. And, and other hygiene concerns like, you know, uh, natural deodorants. You can take um, essential oils and add a small, a few drops of essential oil to a small tub of uh, baking soda and you can make your own deodorant that way. It's a powdered deodorant, but it works very, very effectively. Um, hops oil is probably my favorite um, in there. A good hops oil, maybe with a grapefruit extract and a couple drops of black pepper in there. The black pepper essential oil. David, we got a
1: question in the chat here. Um, The runout or expired dates on products, are they realistic or are they conservative or what would you say probably is, or does that depend on a a particular product?
0: It it really depends on the product, you know, and and depends on the company too, because some companies are going to be less honest with you than others. I think a lot of the expiration dates and things like that are actually made specifically to get you to reinvest in the product as soon as possible. Um, Because they don't, you know, like Tylenol and stuff like that, does it really expire when they tell you it expires? I think not. Now there are certain types of medications and things like that. I'm not the guy to ask about this, but I do know that there are certain types of medications and things like insulin requires refrigeration. You know, you wouldn't want to try to go and use insulin after it's been out in the sun for a week
1: right and i I think most of us perceive that the some of the dates are are probably there not only to get them to reinvest but probably to cover their backsides in case you take something and it is bad uh but but i think that's probably a wise thing it it just depends on the on the people you're dealing with there carol Ann, as far as um you know what they put i I guess the first thing would be are they trustworthy have they shown themselves trustworthy and a lot of the big companies uh well we know what bear and the IG Farb and all that stuff was about. So they're, as far as I'm concerned, they're untrustworthy. So it's worth whatever you yeah. consider it to be worth, I guess.
0: And, and there's, and what I can say is that when you start studying herbalism, and there's a couple other herbal books, I'll, I'll have to go and find them. I just don't know where they are in, in our resources. Because um, I, I keep the main reference material here um, that I'm using constantly. And there's uh, like uh, Rosemary Gladstar has some great books on herbalism, Um, wonderful books, actually. Um, I would highly recommend you go and check those out. But you can basically, if you can think of a, if you can think of like, for instance, aspirin, you can get um, white willow bark and you can do the same thing. It's got the same active ingredient. In it, so you can use that like really, you would. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So there's there's a lot of uh, I think yeah, it's white willow bark. Ninety nine point eight percent sure on that one. So just go okay. go double. <laughs> All it, right. It, I can't remember the uh, the active ingredient, but you can make a tea out of it. But you can also make capsules out of the the bark powder and use them like that. Um, and that's the other thing is you got to ask yourself like, hey, you know, if I'm not going to be doing teas and stuff, and I'm going to be making capsules, do I have a capsulating machine? Because that makes you much more efficient. Um, that's something that you might want to think about. What you know, on like, how are you going to not only process those herbs, but how are you going to put them into capsules efficiently? You know, doing it one at a time is very time consuming. If you're taking one a day. You know, that's 30 capsules that you have to produce every month just for you to take it, not including others. Um, So that's something else to think about in the medical uh, cabinet. The other thing to think about is making your own collodial silver, getting some uh, really high quality silver bars or um, long silver rods. You can clean those up. You can watch how to do that using a a battery or a solar panel or whatever. option you want to use. And then I would probably keep a gallon of, of homemade colloidal silver. That's very strong for flushing wounds and that kind of thing. Keep that on hand in a dark place. Um, You know, like under a kitchen um, cabinet or in a cabinet somewhere in a closet Um, and keep that around for flushing wounds. Um, Another thing that people don't think about is, you know, like syringes that don't necessarily have a needle on them just for flushing and irrigation usage Um, because you get a puncture wound, you want to flush the thing.
1: Yeah. 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 You, you want to, you want to make sure it's clean and and things too. I was, I was just responding here to another question in the chat, uh, which I said probably is more for Kate than it is for you because it's dealing with uh, using iodine uh, to mimic a thyroid medicine. So I, you probably have to ask Kate that on Saturday Uh, If you want to know that, I don't think, I don't know if David's comfortable with answering something like that or not. Dr. Dave, we'll just call you Dr. Dave. (laughs)
0: We'll we'll let someone else answer that. Um, I don't feel qualified to answer it, but I do know that there are quite a few people who do, um, who do stockpile iodine for that use um, for thyroid issues. Um, The other thing that we need to talk about is when we, Okay, so we've got a few minutes left, and I'd like to cover something to think about for long-term community care. Is There's a uh, there's a YouTube channel called Townsend and Son, and uh, they do a lot of uh, reenacting in like 1700s, um, 1700s uh, uh, role-playing and going to these different uh, – I can't remember what it's called anyhow – You'll Go check it out, Townsend and Son. You can learn a lot of cool stuff there. Um, but they've got a one on a 1700s um, Spanish hospital that they visit. It's Is this a, them? Historic, yes, okay. that's them. Um, they've got a whole bunch of food and cooking from the 1700s. That's pretty um, cool. They, yeah, they've got some salt pork and all kinds of different interesting things. But they had one on um, – it was a Spanish medical um, – Uh, Spanish medical apothecary or yeah, a Spanish apothecary or whatever it was um, in there. You want to go and check that out because they, um, so this is in the 1700s and the Spanish had a 70% and they were doing surgery and stuff. Is that not incredible that these people were doing surgery and they were growing their own herbs to treat people and help them. um, And they, they had a 70% recovery rate which I think is incredible for the time when you think about the barbarian practices and how they did things. oh, um, But you can go check that out. They had that Spanish um, hospital that they toured, um, the, the, that apothecary. And you really need to think about also, they, they grew and processed all of their own um, herbs. They only imported a few of them. You may not be able to grow everything where you are but you might be able to barter and or trade with um, other individuals to be able to get what you need. That's something that you probably need to think about is barter and trade, uh, because during the Great Depression, that was one of the most important things that got people through it. Was barter and trade? Yep.
1: Yeah, I, I recall there was a there was a thing years ago, and my wife and I watched it. Uh, where they took like three families that was colonial I don't know they took like three f- families out i want to say it was minnesota kind of like little house on the prairie area there and um they they put them there for so many months and they were going to bring them right up until winter and they had to learn to do certain things like in the 1800s in order to survive and then they were going to be evaluated. Did you have enough stuff stored in your root cellar? Did you have enough of this, that, and it? And the people having to dig out their root cellar, they're having to do all this. And they were allowed one modern convenience that they could bring. So the one guy, he was pretty smart. He brought a steel with him, made his alcohol, and then sold it to the local general store. So he was using it to get tools and other things that he needed. He made a, um, we talked about it the other day, the Redneck hot tub. He had a, you know, a little fire going. He sat in his his little tub uh, and things of that nature. But the one guy, he lost a lot of weight um, because he was swinging an ax all day, or he was cutting the hay or any of this other stuff. And they, he he thought he was sick and he went to see the doctor and doctor says, you're healthy as a horse. You've got virtually no body fat. And he says, you're just reacting to getting rid of all that extra weight and things. And uh, so it was, a, it was a fascinating thing. I think one family actually would have made it through the winter. The other two they evaluated said they wouldn't. But it was fascinating to watch them go from the modern mindset to you know, virtually stone age for them. I mean, if you're in comparison. And, and the kind of toll that takes on you to try to think through things and what to do. So I think... You know our our series we're doing on this for people who haven't thought about obviously there's people that we have in our our, our chat and who in our audience who hear this and they they have thought about it and they are interested in what can I think about more what what can I be challenged with more to think about so I can do and uh, I think this is this is good to do it now before it hits the fan than than after
0: yeah and and that's what it is is like we love our neighbors enough. That we want them to like. Hey, you know what? Um, with the rising price of food and everything, if you invested in food a couple of years ago, you would be sitting pretty right now because you would have gotten more return on investment than you would have anywhere else. <laughs> food, gold, silver—you know, tangibles—and um, I think that I think that's um, I think that's very interesting. And then I think that it's also very interesting that. We we're we're seeing a lot of people that we never thought would ever be interested in survival and preparedness getting involved in it, and you know the thing is is we want everyone to get involved because we're all responsible for ourselves. That's right. You know,
1: and for and for each other out of love that you know it's not a communist kind of thing, but it's out of love. It's what we're commanded to do. Uh, by the Lord Jesus. Got a question here. How long is the shelf life of dehydrated foods? Would that depend on the particular food that you've got? Or what would you say?
0: Yes, I have a book to recommend for that. It's way faster than me uh, me giving you the lowdown on everything. But this is Mary Bell's Complete Dehydrator Cookbook. Everything you need to know to make delicious dried snacks, jerkies, fruit leathers, nutritious meals, and even potpourri. Um, She talks about how long different things last, what needs to be blanched, um, you know, prep um, info, that kind of stuff. Um, That was going to be one of the books that I was going to highly recommend in my uh, um, in my reading list. There's actually. No, I don't think it's here think it's over in the other reference material i have another book um, on dehydrating so there's um i have another one i like mary bell's complete dehydrator cookbook better um we used to when i'd go backpacking and stuff we'd make our own mres um use a food saver dry things really go from there um and there's some wonderful wonderful recipes in here i think it would be good. Normally I notice a decline in probably two years, um, with dehydrated foods. They last, you know, a very long time, but you'll start losing, uh, flavor and nutrients, you know, pretty quick. What about if, what
1: about if you, if you, if you dehydrate them and then you vacuum seal them?
0: That will make them last longer. Okay. Um, you have, to have an oxygen absorber in there. Um, you can you they've got an attachment for the vacuum sealers it goes on top you could also look up there's a, a little hand a brake uh bleeder you can use one of those uh you can buy a cheap one of those and then buy that food saver attachment use that as a okay. uh, power version
1: okay and one other question uh don't know that this goes with the segment, but we'll go ahead and ask it. Is distilled water healthy? I know tap water is not. And I think you've already talked about distilled water. We use that with several things.
0: Yeah, so um, the distilled water, I think that you should have a distiller on hand because you can distill your own essential oils. You can do a lot of different things. Now, you, you'd want a dedicated distiller for making your own uh, petroleum products like gasoline and diesel and all that. Um, like when you're cooking down HDP bottles and, you know, water bottles and that kind of stuff. Um, so having a few gallons on hand, I I don't think would be bad. Um, if you're going to be drinking a lot of that, you probably need to add some type of, uh, you know, electrolyte to it. Um, because you could actually drinking too much distilled water, you can be pulling things out of your system. So um, you're going to want to add like some type of a, um maybe Pink Himalayan salt or something like that as an electrolyte. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Okay, Dave. Well, uh I, I we're coming to the end of uh the two hours here. So I want to give you a chance to again uh tell people about your website and also uh any closing thoughts that you got on the subject matter today.
0: Okay. Um so you can go to our website at themiraclesab.com. You can use uh Sons of Liberty. Uh, for the coupon code to save you a little bit. Um, You can support our ministry that way. You can support Tim's ministry um, by going to his store, buying things, sharing this video. Um, We'll be back to talk about uh, defense and um, defensive systems and things, considerations that you probably need to have uh, tomorrow. You can... Feel free to let us know what you think of these books, you know, comment below. Um, Tell us if there's something like that you'd like to hear our our thoughts on, you know, um, we can all learn from one another, And I I hope that it's a very good discussion because if we can all learn from one another, we can all grow. And I think that's really what's the most important thing about what we're doing here today is we're trying to get as many people um, on the same page as possible
1: yeah you know David, uh, just in closing, one of the things you know i I've talked about and you've talked about as well is building community and um you know there there used to be a time where the women got together and they did quilting and they did it with the young girls you know, and they talked and I remember even when we used when we planned the church over here in North Carolina, sometimes the women and the girls would be there they would be knitting as they're listening to the word being preached and it was it was this way of developing. You know, that community spirit, if you will. And I can see that happening with this stuff. Can you imagine you see canning parties or, you know, harvesting parties or, you know, things where you're getting together and you're maybe you work hard together, you're talking, you're cutting up or whatever. And then after that, you're going to have a big barbecue or something, you know, just to kind of celebrate the end of whatever you did. And I think those things I, maybe some people aren't thinking like that, and they think, "Well, I'm just doing it at my house, but if you could get a couple of your friends over and be doing that kind of stuff, and you know you could bring the family together, uh the men can do their thing, the women can do their thing, the children can you know bunch up with with the men and women, whatever they're doing, and you could really turn this into something that that is that is community before you're mm-hmm. before you're pushed into it. You're doing it because you love one another, you want to help one another, and you want to enjoy one another's company. I think that's a lot of what we're going to see in heaven is not just being in the presence of God and out of the presence of sin, but we're going to be all there together, engaged in that same celebration of the one who gave His life for us. So, uh, you know, if we're if we're not doing it now, we're not going to be ready to do it then, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think that I I think that that's a beautiful thing. Is what what community means is coming together and you know being able to put aside one's differences i think the problem is is we see a lot of individuals you know they they just like to stir the crap and it's because they're bored because they don't want they don't get up and they don't do nothing you know yeah um we you talking about you know if you had if you had a blacksmith if you actually had to be friends with the blacksmith to get things done if you had to be friendly to all these people to get anything accomplished imagine how you'd act if, if you had to rely on people around you how what kind of a neighbor you'd be then
1: yep i think that's i think that's a great point david i think that's a great point all right guys thank you for joining us for the 2 hours david we thank you for your time as well uh, be sure to go over to the miraclesab.com and support them uh, they really do real ministry work, and uh, you'll get some good products, high quality products. This is American made. Okay, so um, do that, help them out, support them. Bradley, be with you at three PM Eastern, two PM Central. suncelebritymedia.com dot com, and then Lord we will we'll be back with you in the morning, bright and early six AM. Uh, get ready to go overtime again because I'm sure this one's gonna gonna be long too. But uh, boy, I got to tell you guys, I'm learning in the process. This is why I have guests on. I told you. It, Mainly, I'm thinking about me learning something, but I know if I learn something, you're going to learn something too. We appreciate you guys staying with us, and we'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m., Lord willing. Adios.